Good morning. I, I just know that there's somebody out there saying, uh, don't look now, dear, but it's little Johnny's Sunday school teacher from the two-year-old class. And before Marsha Pavko rats me out, I need to say I'm only the assistant teacher of the two-year-old <laughs> Sunday school class. Is this a great church or what? It's kind of like, a, yeah, but I... I slept in a Holiday Inn one time, <laughs> and I've taken the Alpha Course. I, I'm excited today that I get to talk about both the Alpha Course and, and this Acts chapter 10. And I'm kind of in a dilemma because what I'd really like to do, <laughs> I, I, I'd like to t- talk everybody in the room into taking the Alpha Course or bringing a friend on the Alpha Course. Okay? So I'd like to spend my time doing that. But our pastors have modeled for us so well that when it comes time to speak from this podium, the focus needs to be the Word of God. Amen? So what we're going to do is we're going to go through Acts chapter 10, and I'm, I'm going to try and point out um, this is how we put this principle into work on the Alpha Course. Okay. Um, if you're not familiar with it... Um, this is a brochure for the Alpha Course, and you can, if you, if you didn't get one coming in, if somebody didn't hand you one, uh, there can be lots of people afterwards who can hand one of these uh, to you. Find somebody that's wearing one of those red uh, T-shirts that says, I did Alpha, and get a brochure from them. It's an introduction to the Christian faith. Okay? And I'm going to explain to you why, why that's a good tool for us to use uh, in, as we share uh, the good news with the community around us. Um, let me see. There we go. Um, but before we get started on all these things of, of examining Acts and, and looking for Alpha in Acts, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, thank you for the time we've had to come before you in worship. Uh, We pray now that you would open our hearts and our minds uh, to your word and that you would use it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I I like the 10th chapter of Acts. Um, I I remember where I was the first time that... uh, that I read it, or at least the first time I understood it, that somebody explained it uh, to me. And I was so enthused about uh, learning how Peter's perspective was, was reoriented and how the whole world was opened up to him, uh, how what he thought about the Gentiles was, was absolutely not what God thought about the Gentiles. Um, and now, the last uh, month, actually when I, before... We decided to use this passage before I took a, a trip to the Congo, and every day I would read the tenth chapter of Acts. Which, uh, what a what a fortuitous thing, because the tenth chapter of Acts has many cross-cultural elements to it, and we're gonna and we're gonna talk about those today. But let's get moving. The first thing is, um, in the tenth chapter of Acts, we find out that God is in the business of preparing hearts to hear His good news. 
Um, the, the first character we're introduced to is Cornelius. What a remarkable guy. We don't know how it happened. Here's a Roman soldier, you know, a leader of a cohort, sent to be an occupying force in Palestine. Uh, he's the enemy. He has numerous gods he could choose from back in Rome. And somehow he comes as part of this occupying force and he becomes devoutly attached to the God of Abraham. Okay. Not a Jew, an occupier of the Jews, and yet he's a God follower. And when I read it, I'm not thinking that, that this is any way forced on, on Cornelius's part. He seems to me like he's a guy who enjoys God. He seems to me like the epitome of, of the guy that, uh, that Jesus talked about when he says that uh, we should love the God with all our heart, with all our soul, with our mind, with all our strength. And it overflows into Cornelius loving his neighbor. Cornelius is known for how he gives to the poor. The God appears to him. He gives him a vision. Uh, God says, Cornelius, there's another step I'm going to take you on. Okay, I'm going to bring you even closer to me. There's another thing you have to do and I'm going to show you what it is, send for Peter, who is in Joppa, which is down uh, just by modern-day Tel Aviv. And Cornelius was up at, at Caesarea. So he, he selects them in, and he sends them on their way. It's probably a couple days walking uh, to get there. Cornelius is prepared. Can you imagine his anticipation as he waits? Is there any doubt in your mind that he's prepared to hear whatever Peter's going to say when he gets there. And it's the same for us with our neighbors and friends. I'll give you an example from the Alpha Course. I'm at work one day, a uh, co-worker of mine, we, we, you know, I'm, I think I'm walking across the parking lot and our paths intersect. And we say our highs as a family. And he says to me, you know, my wife and I, we... We just don't have this, we don't have this church thing figured out. Now, I'm, I'm one pretty surprised guy. But I've been around a lot enough to know that what's behind it is God must really be working in this guy's life, right? God's preparing him. There's something going on. Uh, fortunately, I was, I was astute enough at the time to say, tell me more. What's, what's going on? What are, you, what are you talking about? And fortunately at the time, uh, we were just a couple weeks away from starting an alpha course here at church. And I was able to say, you know, uh, I know something that might be able to help you out. Uh, we have this course, and it's about the basics of the Christian faith. And when I get back to my office, I'll, I'll send you uh, over a brochure about that, and you guys can decide if you'd like to come on this course. Notice that I didn't, I didn't pressure my friend. You see? Um, in fact, I didn't even invite him to take the whole Alpha course. What I told him was, why don't you come? There's an introduction night. You'll find the date here on your, uh, on your brochure. Why don't you come to that and see if this is something you guys would like to do uh, to explore God with us? He did. His wife came on the Alpha course. And uh, 
And they came to faith in Christ on the Alpha Course. And they worship here in our church as a result of coming on the Alpha Course. You know what? That made me pretty th- thankful that, that our church was doing that. And I had that tool, that ability to offer him that opportunity. But the main thing is, in keeping with Acts 10, is God had already prepared him. If there's a hundred steps in coming to faith in Christ, okay, he was also he was already many steps along that along the route. Okay, when we talk to people after Alpha, you know, many people come to, to faith in Christ, and then when we talk to them, and, and we get to hear their stories of how they come to faith, inevitably, they look back and they say, you know, I can see now how God was taking me through many things, and He was preparing me just to come on this, the Alpha Course. If there's 100 steps, Alpha might only be four or five of those. Okay. Cornelius was, had been prepared by God to meet Christ. And God took one more step in this chapter to prepare him to hear that good news. That's good news for us, isn't it? Wouldn't we like God to prepare our neighbors and, and friends? The best situations I've walked into are people who have obviously, they've just been prepared. And I happen to have the right thing, uh, the right opportunity to invite them. Now, if God's in the business of preparing hearers, uh, believe me, what should startle us even more is that God's in the business of preparing us to be messengers. In fact, if we look at this story, who had to be prepared more? Cornelius to hear the news or Peter to deliver the news. By far, it was Peter. Peter, if God hadn't done a work in his life, Peter wouldn't have even talked to Cornelius. He wouldn't even entered the guy's house. Peter's up on the roof. He does put himself in a position to be prepared by God. He's praying. The sheet comes down, and he sees all manner of animals that would be unlawful for him as a Jew to eat. He says, no, Lord, I would never. The voice says, kill and eat. He says, no, Lord, I'd never do that. Again, it comes down. Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, you know I would never. I would never do something like that. Third time, Peter, kill and eat. Now, I think by this point, when God tells Peter something three times, he might start, it might start resonating. He might say, this three times God telling me something, I better, I better listen up. There's something significant here. When Peter goes downstairs and the messengers come, right away Peter understands that what God was talking about on the roof to get his attention was not animals at all and what he should eat. What God was talking about is what God values so much, and that's people. And Peter knows right away that God was telling him uh, that his view of who had value in God's kingdom uh, didn't match up. But from this point on, Christ's influence in Peter's life is reflected in how he treats the people that he meets along the way. And this is where I think we may hit the high points in chapter 10 and we're not seeing, we're not seeing these subtle details that speaks so loudly to the people that Peter encountered. Okay? In Acts 10.21, when the messengers show up, Peter comes downstairs. 
look, if, if I'm Peter and I just came down off that roof and I'm an apostle, I'm saying, yeah, I know, I'm supposed to go with you guys. All right, look, be back at 10, we'll go. Okay. Peter says, I'm the guy you're looking for. Tell me, tell me why you've come. And then in a remarkable, in a remarkable uh, turn of events, he invites them into his house. These guys are Gentiles that, that he's not, you know, a few moments ago, he wouldn't even even had them uh, come into his house for a meal. He gives them lodging. When he finally meets Cornelius, by then he's heard the whole story, and yet his first, uh, what he first speaks to Cornelius is a question. Uh, I'm Peter. Tell me why you sent for me. Okay. I'd like to show you some other words that Peter had in his uh, epistle. Many of you would know this verse. I learned this verse here in, at First Covenant Church in a scripture memory class 32 years ago. Okay. And I've remembered ever since. Always be prepared to give an account of the hope that lies within you. Okay. In fact, the first part of the verse, if you, if, if you notice, in your hearts, set aside Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an account of the hope that lies within you. Uh, we're good evangelicals. This is what we, what we should do. People are going to ask us. The opportunity is going to come up. Why do you hope for eternal life in Christ Jesus? We should be able to answer that question. What's the next verse? Without looking at your smartphone. Cheaters. Okay. Doing so with gentleness and respect. It's Peter's own words. Look at how Peter implements that in Acts. The guys show up at the gate. His first... His, his first words to them are a question. Tell me, why have you come? His first words to Cornelius, tell me, why did you send for me? Can you think of more respectful words than those? Mm -hmm. I, I saw on my trip to, to Congo a, uh, a great example of this from uh, one of our own members. This is uh, Marta Klein. She's from our church here. She is a physician's assistant and works at the uh, at the Karawa hospital this picture is Marta working in the uh, maternity ward of the Karawa hospital and uh, before I went to Congo this year I met with the outreach board they said be sure and stop in Karawa we know it's on your way uh, up to Wasolo and see Marta they gave me a letter uh, that I could take to uh, uh, take to encourage Marta and uh, I went, before I went there to Karawa, where, we're, Karawa, where, uh, where Marta works, I stopped at the uh, Covenant Church in Congo headquarters and met with the, uh, the president of that church, a Congolese fellow. I said, uh, uh, he asked me about, you know, what, what my work was this time. I said, well, one of the things I have to do is uh, stop by Karawa and see Marta Klein. She's from, from my home church. And then I, I slightly embellished what, the job that the outreach board gave me to do. I said, uh, my church sent me to check on her and make sure you guys are taking good care of her, and if you're not doing a good job, we're going to take her home. Okay, <laughs> Something like that. It translates differently. And so I went over to Karawa, and, well, first the church president, he said, uh, Marta's doing fine. I said, is she learning Lingala? He said, yeah, she's doing great in Lingala. He said, uh, in fact, uh, Marta speaks Baca. 
That would be the language of the tribe where Marta's working. What's remarkable about that is that Marta left us two years ago. She went to France to learn French so she could work in the medical field there okay, and do official business. When she got to Congo, she learned the trade language of that region that, that everybody works in, and that's Lingala. And, and now she's at Carraway, and he's telling me she's learning Baca. That's, four, that's three languages in, uh, in two years. That's a lot for an American, right? <laughs> you guys are saying, look, I, I'm not even getting Spanish in class, right? <laughs> All right? I think Marta must think that's important. When I got over to uh, Karawa, and you know, we're unloading the, the motorcycles, and one of my colleagues from there, a Congolese guy, comes out. I said, uh, Taiba, I said, I'm, uh, I'm going to go over. I need to find Marta. You know where Marta is? And he said, yeah, uh, I just saw her over at the Noren's house. He said, hey, you know, Marta speaks Baca. I got over to the Noren's house, and, their, and their, uh, their helper is there at their house, Congolese guy. I said, hey, did you, have you seen uh, Marta Klein around here? I said, you know, she's from my home church. He said, yeah. He said, uh, she was just here. I think she went down to her house. He said, hey, you know, uh, Marta speaks Baca. That night when I get back together with my, with my, uh, uh, my Congolese uh, companion that I'm, that I'm traveling with, and we're sitting in our house. He eats supper, and he's asking me how the day went. He said, how did, how did, go, uh, did you go check on uh, Marta there? And he, said, uh, he said, by the way, Tom, he said, uh, uh, they tell me here that Marta speaks Baca. <laughs> are, you, are you getting the picture? Okay. They're saying Marta speaks Baca. What they're really telling me is, Marta must really value us. And by extension, God must really value us, right? If she's willing to do that, which she doesn't have to do, okay? She really is respecting us and honoring us. It, what a beautiful reflection of God's own love for us. Not only did he learn our language, he became one of us. We want to carry out our work. How wonderful if our church would be known as people who treat others with, with gentleness and respect as we tell them uh, the good news of our Savior. We look forward to the opportunity on Alpha to show our guests uh, that we respect them. And here's how we do it on Alpha. We, uh, we fix a nice meal. We say, relax, just sit down, um, we're going to feed you, and we're going to sit down and we're going to eat with you. What, what better way to respect uh, our guests? And we do call them guests when they come on the Alpha Course. Okay? If we didn't think God really valued them, this could be a manipulation of people. And we're not, aren't there enough people that try to manipulate us these days? We don't need that. Okay? We generally want to to love them and respect them as God, uh, as God loves them. We want to listen to them. The first thing we ask them on the Alpha Course is, um, what brought you on the Alpha Course? Okay. That question could be straight from Peter in, in Acts 10, couldn't it? Okay. Next point from, Alpha, uh, from Acts 10 is that Peter takes a team. Jesus has trained Peter. He never goes anywhere alone. 
Okay? They always go out to share the good news at least uh, two by two. And he takes at least six guys with him here. We know that from, from the next chapter when he, when he uh, explains to the brothers in Jerusalem what happened. He said, these six guys went with me. He's a team. When we go on the Alpha Course, when we present the Alpha Course, we do so as a team. We have, God's gifted our church with all the gifts we need. He's gifted each one of us, and collectively, he's given us all the gifts we need to share his good news. On my own, I'm not a very good evangelist. Maybe there's some people out there, and when you speak, when you speak to others about uh, Christ, they just say, man, wh- brothers, what must I do to receive eternal life? And they come to Christ. It, it doesn't work that way for me. Okay? I, maybe someday it would. Uh, on my own, I, I can't think of a single person that I've led to Christ. Okay? I would have been embarrassed to say that a few years ago. As part of a team or as part of a church, I've seen many people come to faith in Christ. Okay? On the Alpha Course, uh, I've even seen friends that I brought. Once they get there, um, they're talking about matters of faith, often, most often, not with me, but with another one of our team members on the Alpha Course who can better relate to them. Okay? I once had a friend that I, I, you know, I tried to tell him the good news. You know, I tried to, to witness to him, as we say. And, uh, and I could even sense that he was growing in faith, like Cornelius, he was coming close to God and he, and he wanted God. He went, on a, he went on, a, uh, on a trip with another brother from this church and he gave his life to Christ. And I thought, why not me? One man plants a seed, another man waters. It's God who causes the growth. Okay? And, and God will be glorified in the end. Peter makes sure that the hearer, Cornelius, knows the good news. Okay? Now, he has, a, he has a great advantage over us. Okay? Uh, many of your friends that you might invite on the Alpha Course, all they know about Jesus is, he must be important because people talk about him a lot. But they don't really know anything about him. Okay? I was invited. I became a Christian because of a man very much like this. Uh, a Japanese student in the university where I was who said, uh, you know, I've always wondered who Jesus was and, and, and now this guy has a Bible study and I, I'd, I'd kind of like to go and find out. Would you, would you go with me? He invited me. I was unsuspecting uh, at what would happen, happen to me as a result of that, uh, as, of that invitation. In Peter's case, with Cornelius, all Peter has to do is say, Cornelius, you know all these things. You know who Jesus was. You know how he traveled around, anointed by God, empowered by the Holy Spirit to heal people, to free them from the power of Satan. You know how he was hung on a cross and killed. You know how God raised him from the dead. These things were not done, uh, these things were not done in, a, in, a, in a corner somewhere. Peter could boldly say to him, you know all these things. 
All Peter has to do at this point is add the meaning. Okay? All Peter has to do is tell him what decision has to be made now as a result of this knowledge. But on the Alpha course, most of the people that come, they don't know these things. They don't know who Jesus was. That, we start with those basics. Who is Jesus? Why did he die? What's it mean that he died? How can we come to faith? How do we pray? Those things. Okay. Cornelius has already done those things. But the good news of Christ, both on the Alpha Course and in Acts chapter 10, the good news of Christ is, and his kingdom is made known, and then it's decision time. When Peter says to him, to all who believe, to all who believe, is gra there is granted forgiveness. Peter has now taken Cornelius to the point, the point after which Cornelius must now go on his own. He's confirmed this knowledge. He's explained its meaning. And he says, to all who believe, forgiveness is granted. Our sins are washed away. Okay. And Peter says, Cornelius believed. And the result of that belief is the worship of God. We aren't told how, what Cornelius said. Okay? And I think it's a good thing we aren't. We know that Cornelius believed. Peter says in chapter 11, they believed. And the gift of the Holy Spirit came on them. And they were, it's like the, the picture that I get is like they're overwhelmed. They can't help themselves. They break out in praise and worship. You know, it's the same in the Alpha Course that the result of belief is that we want to worship God. Sometimes we can't even help ourselves. We want to worship God so much. People will even say, I, I don't know what happened to me. It's like they're, they're, they're amazed. I want to praise God now. I wouldn't have gone near that stuff. I wouldn't have gone near that stuff one alpha course ago. Now my desire is to worship God. There are people here in our church who fellowship with us now and who worship God um, as a result of someone like you inviting them on the Alpha Course. And then Cornelius, he affects his family and his close friends. Think about it. Think what happens when Cornelius the soldier is finally uh, uh, called back to Rome. What do you think happens in Rome as a result of Cornelius showing up? We see this in our own church. People who come to Christ, how often do we see in a very short while their family and their friends coming with them? Now, how will you respond? I can tell you how uh, the apostles and the Christians in Jerusalem responded to what happened to Peter. They were sharply critical of him. Okay? His worst critics his worst, worst critics in the whole matter were other Christians. Uh, they calmed down after, after Peter explained it to them. They said, but initially they said, we can't believe you did this. You went in and ate and stayed with, uh, with Gentiles? Peter said, what can I do? God loves these guys, and 
and gave them the gift of the Holy Spirit just like he did us. Uh, who am I to stand in God's way? But how will you respond? Some of you today may be like Cornelius. You've been prepared by God for a long time. He's been working in your heart, and you can see it. You know it. And where you are is the point of belief. That point, none of us in this room can do that for you. There's a line, and it's up to you to cross that line into belief. Uh, others of you, um, maybe we're like, we're like Peter. We want to be prepared. We want, we want God to prepare our neighbors you know, that they would ask us uh, about our hope that, that lies within us. And we want to be prepared. We want God to open our eyes. Don't go away from here feeling... What I don't want to do is say, you need to feel guilty because you're not doing these things. I don't think Peter felt guilty. Did he show up at Cornelius' house and say, you know, guys, I really feel guilty that uh, I wouldn't have even acknowledged you before. No, he shows up in amazement and said, man... God just did an amazing work in my life. He's happy about it. If God changes your perspective and opens your eyes, you're going to be happy. You may be like Peter now. Open yourself to God in prayer. Okay. Um, do you have a friend? Pray for your friend that he would be prepared. Okay. A friend you'd like to witness to. That God would prepare him and maybe there's a chance you'd be able to invite. God would prepare that friend and you'd be able to invite them uh, along in the Alpha course. I don't know how it is today, but the main thing is, here's the story. We've read God's Word. Please pray and see how God would use His Word in your life as you move forward. Would you pray with me? Father God, we've, we've read Your Word. Use it. We, we want to be used in your kingdom. Um, yes, you are the king. and We want to see our neighbor, neighbors. We want to see our neighbors come to know you. We pray that you would prepare them to hear your good news and that you would prepare us to be your messengers. Use this scripture in our lives. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.